0: Hello, and welcome to the Hidden Archives. I'm your host for the evening, Nicole Clark. We are officially back in the swing of things. It does feel good to be back with you sharing these twisted and disturbing tales. On that note, we do intend to get more active with our social media. If nothing else, this is where you will probably first see new episodes or any news of delays. So be sure to follow us on Facebook at Hidden Archives Podcast, on Twitter at Podcast Hidden, and on Instagram at Hidden Archives Podcast. As you know, the hidden archives are full of tidbits of wisdom from various times and places. One of these pieces of wisdom comes from H. Ryder Haggard, as he has said, All things live forever, though at times they sleep and are forgotten. This is poetic when you consider how it represents the archives. So do not let this warning sleep, lest it be forgotten. If you choose to enter the hidden archives, if you choose to study the tomes, if you choose to take this journey with me, you do so at your own risk. Profanity and disturbing content will follow. This is your warning. Have you ever confronted your own mortality? If so, you have something in common with the protagonist from tonight's story. During a robbery gone wrong, a man named Andy is forced to come to terms with what could be the imminent termination of his own life. Fortunately, learning this difficult lesson has left him with sincere gratitude.
1: I thought I'd be able to recall something like this in perfect clarity. I mean, isn't that the way it's supposed to happen with a near-death experience? but I keep getting certain details mixed up, and I'm uncertain about others. I don't even know where to start, or why I'm recounting something like this to begin with. But, whatever, it feels like the right thing to do, so here goes. The day, as far as I can recall, started off like any other day. I had some errands to run, so I set off about my business pretty early. One of my first stops was the convenience store so I could buy some smokes. Wait, maybe that was my last stop. Well, since I'd been trying to quit, and I heard that delaying your first smoke for a while can get rid of the urge for more, that means it must have been my last. See, that's what I'm talking about. I can't get all the details straight. It's like all the information is there, There's just no logical order to any of it. I'll just try to continue and hope things sort themselves out by the end. So I planned to pick up a pack of cigarettes from this place I frequented. It was just a little corner store a few blocks from my place. As I recall, whenever I went in there, I was usually one of two or three patrons max. But frequently, I was the only one there. Not really a busy place by any means. This was the kind of hole in the wall where the whole shop is like one wide hallway split into two aisles. Cold drinks in the fridges that line the wall, any chips and snacks on the shelf in that same aisle, and home goods, canned foods, car needs, and sundry items were in the aisle where the clerk and the cash register were. These latter two were pretty close to the front door. As always, tobacco products and liquor were behind the counter, under close guard by the middle-aged Indian man that owned the place. On second thought, I I think he might have been Pakistani. Ah, hell, it doesn't matter his nation of origin. Before all of this, I used to know where he was from, but it it doesn't matter to the story in the slightest. Maybe that's why I can't remember. All that matters is that I knew him as well as I knew anyone else in that town. He was a good guy. We were on a first-name basis, basically. He still called me Mr. Andy. On average, I was in the store at least once a day. He was the only one who worked there, except for his son who stocked the shelves as products ran out, and his wife who handled the business side of things. She didn't really care for me. Maybe because I never spent any real money there, just the daily pack of cigarettes and an occasional can of soda or candy bar. But Awan, the guy who owned the place and worked at the register, was always very friendly to me. Despite the nature of our relationship being one of business, I still considered him as close a friend as I could. This familiarity and friendship built a certain level of trust between us to the point that on certain times when I came in, and he was the only one there, he would ask me to watch the store while he used the restroom or deposited large bills in the safe in the back room. And this is where the problem started, how I got here. Awan did trust me, so that brings me to what happened. As was my custom, I walked into the shop and right up to the cash register. I noticed that there were two other people in the shop, a guy and a girl. I hadn't seen either of them before, and this was the kind of small-town shop that only people who are regulars go to. This much I can remember. Awan was cautious of the newcomers. As he and I were talking, I noticed him watching the security feed on the computer monitor rigorously. Awan wasn't paranoid, but he had been running this little shop for more than 20 years. He knew a potential threat to business when he saw it, and these two were taking far too long selecting their purchases. Normally, I would have been in and out of there after some small talk, but Awan was a friend, and I could see that he was troubled. Now, the guy was in the same aisle as me, sundry items near the cash register. The girl, however, was near the soft drinks. I could see her out of the corner of my eye when I noticed her pause then take a sudden turn for the door. Her pace was deliberate, so much so that I actually turned away from Awan to watch her. At this point, my back was to the guy in my aisle, so I couldn't see him. As she was about halfway up the aisle, Awan tapped the counter twice with his index and middle finger, then pointed towards the door. He wanted me to stop her. He had seen her steal something on the security monitor and suspected that the guy was an accomplice, so he didn't want to alert him but he wanted me to keep her from exiting the tiny establishment. As requested by the small gesture of tapping and pointing, I moved towards the door. I was maybe three times closer to it than she was. So when I got there, I twisted the lock and stood in front of the door barring any escape. I turned to see the guy coming up the aisle towards me, and then the girl froze in her tracks with a smirk on her face. Awan was also looking at me, All eyes were on me. I knew it right away. It was a setup. The guy wasn't coming for me. He was headed for the register. I didn't hesitate. Awan was still looking at me so he didn't notice the ruse. So I shouted for him to get down. Right before I did this, the guy was reaching into his coat pocket and looking towards Awan. But when I told Awan to take cover, the crook snapped his head towards me. This gave Juan just enough time to be able to curl up safely beneath the register where he had constructed a bulletproof crash shelter. However, it left me completely vulnerable. Now, I'm not a small guy. I can handle a physical confrontation. But the crook finished his task of reaching into his pocket where he had removed what I could only guess was a 45 caliber revolver based on the wide-open maw that was the gun's muzzle. The whole time, he never broke stride. I put my hands up immediately and dropped to my knees. Look, man, I said in a pure state of terror. I don't want any trouble. Take what you want. I've already forgotten your face. You can just turn the lock and go. In a deep British accent, he said, It's too late for that. Get up. Look, it's just petty theft. Just some candy or something. There's no alarm going off. Just please go. Please go. Nothing against you. Just please go. Please. Here's the crazy part. I knew he was British. I heard it in the accent, obviously. As I was begging him to leave, begging for my life, really, I was debating in my head if I should say, mate, would this endear me to him? Would it be disrespectful? had I just seen too many Doctor Who episodes. I can't rationalize why that would go through my mind. I just thought I should call him mate and bring myself to his level. But I refrained. The guy came up to me, grabbed me by the collar, and pulled me to my feet. My knees were shaking. I'm just happy to say I didn't piss myself. But as I was standing on my own again, the man's grip still firm on my jacket collar. He put the barrel of the gun right against my head. I snapped my eyes shut. Would he do it? Would he pull the trigger? Over some fucking candy? My eyes were still closed when I heard a click. I'm embarrassed to say that I squealed a little bit and sank down somewhat as my knees gave way under the stress but it was just the man pulling back the hammer on the revolver. If I thought shit was serious before this, I was mistaken. This was a whole new level of fucked. During all of it, I can't remember where the girl was or what she was doing. I had finally opened my eyes, but the terror I was feeling was so great that my eyes had started to water. I was fucking crying. A grown-ass man openly weeping like a child. Maybe that's why I don't know what was going on with the girl, or maybe it's just because of my memory about all of this. Here's what you're going to do, the man said. Tell your foreign friend over there to open the register. This can all be over real quick. No fretting, no mess. A one, I shouted. Open the fucking cash drawer. I swear to God I'll pay you back. Just do what he says. But there was no reply. The guy tightened his grip on my collar and forced the gun harder against my forehead. He grumbled somewhat, maybe out of strain and stress, maybe out of frustration. But he then moved the gun and put it hard against my temple. All I could think was, all of this, and I thought if anything, it would be cigarettes that killed me. I'm going to die just because I wanted to smoke, but not because of lung cancer. The habit killed me, but this guy is pulling the trigger. I don't know why, but this actually made me laugh a little bit. Oi, you think this is fucking funny, mate? said the man with the gun. No, I shouted. No, I... I, I just remembered. You can uh, open the register easily. Just make a sale. You, you just need to make a sale. Oh, fuck. What I mean is a sale needs to be made. I can open it for you. But the clerk weaseled out. Do you work here? Do you fucking know the code? Yes. Uh, I mean, a wand's gone, but, but but I know how to get the thing open. If I do that, will you let me go? He laughed and said, Well, we'll just have to see about that then, won't we? I didn't know what was going to happen. I thought for sure, as soon as I opened the drawer, it would be, bam, no more me. But following his rough direction, I made my way over to the register, hands raised the whole time. If nothing else, this would buy me a precious few more minutes on this miserable fucking planet. He instructed me to open the register. It was true, I didn't know how it worked at a very basic level. I knew it would open the drawer automatically for a cash sale. I also knew that a wand wouldn't still be under the register. He would have crawled behind the counter into the back room where he could lock an armored door behind him and call the authorities. I figured that I could use this to my advantage. We got behind the counter, all the while he was holding the gun to my temple. I was starting to get a headache from the pressure of it. Sure enough, though, Awan was gone. See? You were right, I said. Awan left, probably went to the back room where he locked himself in. He has already called the authorities, so I'll make this quick so you guys can just go when you have the cash. That easy, huh? What? You think I'm an asshole? You think this is my first go at things, little prick? Quit wasting my fucking time and give me your fucking money. Then, I'll decide what happens with you. Now fucking go! With this, he jabbed the gun hard into my temple. Out of the corner of my eye, I swear I saw him give the trigger a squeeze. I winced and clenched my eyes shut. Get fucking moving! he shouted. So I did. I grabbed the nearest merchandise I could and went to scan it. What the fuck? I only know that it opens with a cash sale. I swear to God, just... Just let me scan it, and I promise it will open, I promise. The whole charade seemed so surreal. It was like time was moving slow, colors and shapes blended together, and it sounded like I was underwater. But I successfully scanned the item, a simple candy bar, or was it a soft drink? Either way, the damn thing scanned. I hit cash sale, and the drawer opened. The thief pushed me aside and I fell to the floor. He started gathering everything out of the drawer while I whimpered. ''This is it,'' he said, obviously displeased and angry. ''Less than two hundred, no big bills!'' He trailed off, then shouted as he faced me. Oi, I ask you a fucking question. Where's the real cash? The that theres a safe in the back room. I stammered. But it, it's behind a locked door, armored and everything. Come on, just take what you have and go, I beg you. I could see the conflict on his face. He made a show of aiming the gun at my head, at which point I raised my hands in front of my face as if this would help. He groaned loudly out of frustration and grabbed his chin with his free hand, obviously struggling with some internal turmoil about whether or not to trust me. But that's when I heard the sirens in the distance. Awan had called authorities and they were on their way to help. I swear I could hear the police dispatch in my head. Armed robbery at the corner of 71st and Maine, hostage situation. Maybe the thief heard it too. He certainly heard the sirens, as did his accomplice, because she suddenly unlocked the door and signaled for him to join her in their escape. He took a few quick steps towards her, but then paused, turned, and aimed the gun at me. I knew it. This was it. No pomp, no circumstance. I was done. Have you even felt that kind of terror? The realization of your own mortality? The certainty of death? Even in a dream? Well, I assure you, if you have only felt it in a dream, that feeling is real. It is no different. Even if you did wake up after. He pulled the trigger. Obviously, I didn't die. I couldn't very well recount all of this if I had, now could I? But I didn't fare too well all the same. Nope, I'm in a coma, I believe. That's why details of certain random things are fuzzy at the moment. probably won't remember much of any of this when I come out of it, if I come out of it. Awan had called the cops. He called in some favors to get them to the shop quickly. You see, cops don't want to bother with minorities in the shitty part of town if they can't do it on their own time, unless you have some connections. Apparently, Awan's wife used to be an ambassador of some sort. He's dropped by the hospital to visit many times and told me. I obviously can't respond, but it is true that people in a coma can hear you. It's meant a lot to me. Juan's a good friend. As far as the crook and his accomplice, they're still on the run. Cops haven't caught them. Hence how you're getting this. Apparently there is some new experimental technology that allows me to communicate through my subconscious. The cops authorized its use so I could, quote, give a statement and help them find a lead. It uses some AI bullshit that I can't even begin to understand. However, this AI seems pretty nice. She always makes sure to greet me and brief me before allowing me to talk to the conscious world. Normally, the police would keep this under wraps and only allow me to help them. But I've built up a relationship with this AI. She's allowing me to tell you all of this. My only hope is that, somehow, Awan stumbles across it and knows how grateful I am for his help. I might die in a hospital bed, disconnected from reality but at least I got a little more time on this fucking rock thanks to him honestly I am at peace I love you my friend
0: Apparently, even remembering what someone's accent sounds like can be difficult after such a situation. It's these peripheral details that really bring the story together. We here at the Hidden Archives want to extend our sincere gratitude to you for listening. As always, we will be back in a fortnight with something fresh to offer. There are many more stories from the Hidden Archives that have yet to be shared. We hope that you join us next time for another Glimpse Within. This has been a production of the Rhodes Collaborative Experience, LLC. Please no reproduction, duplication, or bastardization of any content without written consent from RCX or its partners. Ex Animo, ex Tempus, and Archivum.